0: What's up, guys? we got a great podcast for you. Anthony Bresnikan of Vanity Fair is breaking down all things in their week of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker coverage. Um, But hey, take a moment and support the show and help us make the show better by going over to StarWarsReport.com slash survey and answer 10 quick questions to help us shape the show for you and make it better for you going into the new year. On with the show.
1: This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on Patreon.com slash Report.
0: Let's do the show, folks! Gub, gub, gub! And who might you be?
2: It's the Star Wars Report!
1: Star Wars Report!
0: Star Wars Report!
2: The place for Star Wars news,
0: features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic! Good morning. Uh, Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The
2: Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in.
0: Well, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad that you've joined us. And uh, man, the news is still breaking fast and furious. However, uh, I'm pretty excited because we have on the show today the guy who's kind of at the center of it. Um, It's Mr. Anthony Bresnikin. How's it going, man?
1: Hey, it's great to talk to you, Riley.
0: I'm glad to have you back on. It's been too long, um, and it's always so great to talk to you because you are pretty much always... You got your nose pretty much straight in the middle of whatever's happening in the world of Star Wars. Um, <laughs> I wasn't sure
1: where that was gonna go. Where's my nose? Where, right in the middle of what? Uh, <laughs> but um, well, that's nice of you to say. You know, I was. Uh, I'm. I'm glad to be back covering Star Wars at Vanity Fair. So it's uh, a pleasure to have a new film coming out and have the Mandalorian and, and yeah. all sorts. Of, it's a good time for being a Star Wars.
0: Fan. It's great. It's honestly like as a guy who's who's talked about Star Wars for a long time. I've always liked having. Um, there's really a handful of guys who who do the sort of entertainment journalism thing, but actually dig deep and get kind of past the headlines or these days past the factions of fandom. and And it's great to just have you back covering Star Wars stuff and landing on your feet. and you you've you've got this whole series this week. And I didn't even realize this when my, I scheduled um you as a guest on the show like a month ago mm-hmm. uh, that this was gonna be the week that you're doing it. so the the timing works out. However, Before I jump into um, your piece today for Vanity Fair, I know... uh John Boyega is kind of the center of it, and then I know the rest of the week you'll be talking to a lot of the rest of the cast and crew. But first, I I have to ask well, you. Actually,
1: I'll spe- I'll clarify that it's mm. actually uh, all of this is from a long conversation I had with J.J. Abrams, so it's going to be mainly him.
0: Gotcha. Talking about okay. the thing, and
1: I want to assure people one thing that comes in, uh, that comes up as uh, as you write about movies like this yeah. or Avengers or something like that is people are hesitant to read something because they're worried about spoilers. Yes, and I would just say. I'm actually actually part of the design of this little rollout was to avoid spoilers and to talk to them about things that aren't spoilers. So mm. you know, we can dive into the story today and And some of the things that I have coming up are specifically engineered to not reveal plot points or give away twists or or even moments mm. that are just sort of fun and delightful from the movie. but but just sort of talk about their ambition going in, things you kind of might want to know. That they're planning to address. If you have questions about a certain character, so mm. I, I try to keep that in mind. That most people, you know, they don't want to read anything that ruins the film in advance. Yeah,
0: well, and that's a really good point because, like, we try to we we stay spoiler free. Up, up to what's officially released on, on the podcast here, which which yeah. uh, even with what's officially released, like some of the TV spots that have broken in the last few days, like you're, we're getting a lot of kind of little pieces of the movie. It's the portions they're choosing to show us as part of the promotion, but um, usually there's kind of varying levels of spoiler alert. And, and that's the nice thing about uh, today's episode, at least this opening segment, is that we are going to stay pretty much wide st- uh, clear of, of spoilers. But um, I, I have to take a quick left turn before we dive into all of that and ask you about a piece of yours that that really made a lot of waves um, back in uh, November, and the title was that that time George Lucas asked a guy from Pittsburgh to join him and rule the galaxy. And I just wanted to uh, maybe not dig through the whole piece or anything, but I wanted to get your firsthand um, take, kind of chronicling Dave Filoni's evolving role in Lucasfilm and the and and the era of Star Wars, and, and just maybe summarize what you think what, what kind of what you're digging at in the piece and, and if Dave's role expansion is something that that is that has been natural and just a part of him being there? or, or do you really see a sort of change in direction or maybe um, a shift in tone where they're really trying to lean more on some of his experience with George Lucas directly and then with the Clone Wars to shape the story of, of the Mandalorian and then maybe even future live action?
1: Yeah, I think that's a, a great question. I'm glad you brought it up. Um, that was my first print story for Vanity Fair, and uh, you know, writing about Star Wars and writing about a guy from Pittsburgh, which is where I'm from, yep. and uh, uh, writing about the you know being on this journey. It was like a you know couldn't couldn't have planned a better story. Just that you know uh, coalesced around all of my interests. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I've I've really been an admirer of, of Dave Filoni's. Uh, and his work on on the Clone Wars, and I was thinking of fans like you, like Riley. How, how old are you?
0: So I am twenty eight. Yeah, I was guessing
1: like mid twenties. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So really, your Star Wars, uh, I'm guessing, was the Clone Wars animated series that so when you were a kid, that was like that was fresh and yeah. new, and I assume you were really into it, right?
0: Yeah, because so, and I am a I am a kid of the prequel generations. Like the first one I saw was the Phantom Menace. Kind of growing up as a kid. But the time that I was kind of really finding um, the online community of Star Wars, and, and which has made a huge difference because it's, it's what started this podcast. It's where a lot of my best friendships are now, are through the Clone Wars because that's what we had. That was the new Star Wars coming out at the time. So even though, you know, for me, that's high school era, it's still a, a big chapter yeah. in, in Star Wars that I feel like is this almost this forgotten space if, if you weren't part of it.
1: Yeah, I think it's something a lot of the older fans, like me, well, not like me because I did follow it, but but people from my generation, they may have thought like that was kid stuff. Like we were in our late, we were your age at this point, like in late twenties when that started to happen. And uh, uh, you know, Dave really, he's sort of the bridge. You know, he's a guy from my generation who grew up on the original trilogy. Uh, plucked from, I won't say like obscurity. He was working on the Avatar. Uh, the mm. Last Airbender animated series He yeah. was working at Nickelodeon And he got this offer to Come talk to George Lucas about Working on a Star Wars animated series And his first reaction to that was I'm being punked by the Spongebob people <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I think uh, You know it took a little while For him to sink in that no actually He was he was being recruited And uh, he was being called up to, to To meet with George and then he ended up Getting that job a job he thought, oh, I'm just fortunate to to get an interview for, and uh, and then really was the bridge between that original generation of people who had their imaginations stoked and expanded upon and energized by George's mm. original trilogy, and then you know uh, in the in the midst of the uh, the prequel trilogy rolling out, George decided he wanted to tell these other stories about the Clone Wars and that animation would be the way to do it. So I feel like Dave Filoni really helped expand what Star Wars meant beyond the movies, because apart from like, you know, the holiday special or a couple <laughs> of like Ewok movie, yeah. TV movies and things like that, really Star Wars was limited to books um, and, uh, and, the uh, and the films and yeah. this, and, and the Clone Wars gave just hours and hours and hours of storytelling that it, you know, sometimes got weird. It went a little psychedelic yep. and trippy, and other times it was very, it was like a, you know, like a war story. Other times it was a very Zen kind of Jedi story, and I think he, he was sort of like uh, the Hulk. Lou Ferrigno's the Hulk to Bill Bixby <laughs> to use an even older reference. Like <laughs> you've got the this sort of narrow. Band of Star Wars storytelling, and Filoni came in and really hulked it out. You know, really pushed yep. the limits of what it could be, and he kept doing that with Rebels mm. after they decanonized a lot of the Legends material. So he would go back to the Legends, you know, the Thrawn yeah. trilogy, and um, and 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 say like, what can we pull back in and make it official? Mm. What was really cool, even taking things like why the way, why the foils pop off of a uh, of the toy Tie fighters. You know, we know that's because. Uh, any amount of pressure would just snap them, so they, they have to automatically pop off. <laughs> but he kind of added that to an episode of Rebels where the wings pop off as a kind of sabotage. And I always thought things like that were very cool. He took things from the fandom and he wove them into the fabric of the actual storytelling. So when I got a chance to come over to Vanity Fair and we were looking for you know, a story to kick things off, I thought, man, his work on The Mandalorian, I was being groomed to to take on live-action TV storytelling – Maybe we'll see him making movies. That, that's certainly what Kathleen Kennedy Im- implied to me—that she saw him as somebody who really could be taking over the command of uh, of some of their big projects going forward. So I think Dave Filoni's a pretty amazing guy, we, and we, he's grown—he's grown a lot and grown Star Wars a lot.
0: Oh, for sure, and it's that sort of willingness to experiment. Where there's, there's—I mean, there's a lot of. Uh, amazing success and frankly kind of crash and burn failures in in throughout Clone Wars if you ask me just as a fan there's some like some of the the mall storylines some of the um Savage Press stuff like they they did these like limited screenings i want to say it was like 2010 or 11 um and it was just these tiny little fan events that they hosted around the country for the mm-hmm. Savage O Press series of episodes and i remember just like the the corners of fandom that would that would show up to some of these events i was in atlanta at the time and it was just so much fun to watch this and it unfolded like a movie and it worked um, and it's, it, which which blows my mind that they were able to bring like sith witchcraft and the Night Sisters onto <laughs> yeah. onto a big screen, even even though it was limited at the time, but it was really worthy of that level of storytelling. And then you also had the you had the 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 blue shadow virus episode from season one, which I will never forget because of Jar Jar's girlfriend. So you have well, no. the, the full range right there. But I think that, that that willingness to try something different, something that's not necessarily safe, not something something outside of the the perceived formula of Star Wars. Um, is what we now see with the Mandalorian and this whole Baby Yoda idea. Everybody loves this, but like I could see a board meeting room where like, guys, we can't make Yoda cute. All right, they're gonna, they're gonna hate it. All the original trilogy fanboys who don't like, you know, parts of the sequel, they're all gonna hate it. We're gonna pile on. But but it's it's remarkable the sort of universal acceptance that Filoni and and Favreau seem to have had with something that's in the old Ewok dare to be uh, dare to be cute category. I
1: think they recognize you got to take risks and that you can't build a fandom around something that's got like the, uh, the grim dark philosophy that I feel has really constrained some of the DC movie storytelling, mm. you know, that that if you follow the models of, of what has been successful going uh, back maybe 10 years or so mm. uh, it's, it's things that like baby Groot that are kind of, cool and cute and fun and crazy and sometimes the wilder it is just the more refreshing it is mm, yeah so you don't have to go you know i've seen some of these fan films for star wars that are you know about super serious jedi you
2: mm.
1: know clashing with vader and, and it's just I, I, I guess it's cool you know but it, part of star wars is the playfulness and yeah. the uh the fact that even though it is you know, there's a big debate. Like, is it aimed at kids, or you know, should it be aimed at adults? Should there be something that's more grown up? I think Star Wars has to has to make you feel like a kid again. It has to have a a certain sweetness and charm to it, mm. and uh, and I think Feloni is good at walking that walking that balance. And you know, it's interesting. You know, the uh, chapter four he didn't direct it. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard directed it, mm-hmm. but chapter four of uh, the Mandalorian is kind of a remake of. Uh, an episode, I think it was number 17 from season two of uh, the Clone Wars, where Anakin and uh, and Obi Wan are training uh, local villagers uh, who are whose whose crops are being raided.
0: Oh uh, yeah, you know, about
1: yeah. how how to defend themselves against a kind of a group of bounty hunters, and
0: uh, um,
1: it has a lot of similarities to yeah. that. It's also it's also very
0: Magnificent here. Seven, yeah.
1: Exactly. Magnificent Seven, Three Amigos, The A-Team, you know, uh, you can call call back to a lot of uh, pop culture storytelling from the decades past.
0: Yeah, no, it's, and it's been a really fun, fun journey. And it's just cool to see how, how well that's developed. And I, and I love sort of, um, I, I feel like the, this piece sort of kind of became a flashpoint where fandom was recognizing Dave Filoni's role as, as just really impactful. and And, and I think there's a lot of hunger out there for, uh, seeing what he has to do in the future, even I mean, even now, even if there's nothing else, he's working on you know season two of Mandalorian right now, which is it's just really exciting yeah. to have him working in live action. I got to say,
1: no, but you you knew him and people you know who are similar fans, uh, they would know Dave Filoni and his work. Who do you feel that? I'm I'm really grateful for that you'd say that it you feel like that was a good story or that it revealed something, um, but but like who do you feel needed to hear that like is it the casual fan, uh, who did you feel really didn't maybe didn't maybe knew Star Wars but didn't know the name Dave Filoni or what he'd contributed to it? It's
0: it's interesting. I don't. It, it's hard to pinpoint a, a pinpoint uh, a, a target audience as much as I think recognize what's important about the message of the piece and Dave Filoni's role because I yeah. think what fandom at large whether it be casual or more hardcore i think it would be really healthy to recognize is it's really easy right now if you don't like the last jedi for example um Mm -hmm. to like just 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 crap on the storytelling and say it's not what george lucas would have done sucks you you know and and really lionize george lucas at the expense of appreciating the parts of the story that i think uh took a lot of risks for example and i think luke it, it, it almost some of the same school of thought um Ryan Johnson's a pretty experimental f- filmmaker, and it was kind of risky. He essentially had his way telling his story, and it's a very George Lucas thing to do it. So I recognize it's 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 okay if you don't like parts of the movie. But I think what Dave Filoni represents is Lucas's curiosity and drive to tell different kinds of stories within Star Wars, and not really. Care as much about um, this sort of ownership era of franchise fandom, and and be willing to try things that um, may not be popular with everyone, and, um, and 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 again, kind of offer more of this this buffet of Star Wars, because I think it's just important to recognize that it's okay to be a big fan of The Mandalorian. And a not so big fan of the Last Jedi, or vice versa, or be really excited and into um, Jedi Fallen Order, and because that's your thing and you're a big gamer, or or be really into the the ongoing comics right now, or the litany of of really good Star Wars fiction, especially kind of teen fiction. A lot of Claudia Gray's work. There's there's this this whole buffet of of really bold storytelling going on right now that. T- typically, is released and then measured against what one faction of fandom likes or dislikes, and it's almost this—it's <laughs> this weird like grouping of like whether or not we're allowed to approve of something or not. And I feel like some people are inclined to like the Mandalorian just because they don't like other things in Star Wars, and it just—it makes me a little sad because I, I think Dave Filoni and kind of going back to your question. What he does, and I think what he takes away from Lucas's storytelling, particularly through Clone Wars and the prequels, is that you can try a lot of weird, different stuff that doesn't come straight out of the, uh, the canonization of what a Star Wars movie or TV show, quote unquote, should be. And I think that's a really important thing to have in Star Wars, because that way you're not beholden to the, the worst parts of internet fandom.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. I think it's very insightful. Um, it's, it's a tricky thing to tell these stories because there's people who have such deep investment in it and you've got to try to please a very vast array of people. And, uh, yeah. I, think, I think Dave does a good job and I I, I like the new movies too so I'm coming in. I like something that surprises me and challenges me
0: yeah no for sure for sure well um, speaking of the new movies so the we're recording this on Monday the the rise of Skywalker re- week of coverage just kicked off van- with uh, Vanity Fair. your first piece just went up I uh, know you've been, you were talking to JJ Abrams and this one really s- centers on Finn because and as you point out in the article, a lot of the questions surround Ray and her past. Mm-hmm. and what her future is. But if we all reach back to um The Force Awakens, not so much The Last Jedi, but The Force Awakens really did kind of allude to um Finn's past and and and, and really that intrigue of the very first shot of that very first teaser. It's a a sto- a, a stormtrooper conflicted, right? Yeah, how did and, he get there? Who is he? And we don't know based on what we've seen so far, but it sounds like this is something that J.J. That, um, Abrams wants to explore in uh, The Rise of Skywalker.
1: Yeah, he told me uh, that that it's something that they're going to reveal and that it's not like you're going to get a full download on his entire life story and, mm. and background, but I think we will learn more about who he is or where he came from. He, he, what we do know is that he was, I think it's actually really tragic. Like, it, he's a child soldier. He was... Mm essentially taken by the first order and conscripted into military service and in our world that's a war crime yeah and uh in the star wars world i think it's no less sad that he didn't want to you know go around blasting people or terrorizing the galaxy and he was forced into it in some ways um you know trapped or uh enslaved that's a loaded word but but I'm not sure what other one you would use for somebody who's just taken away from their family and mm. forced to do work that he doesn't want to do, and forced to do things that he can't bear, that his conscience won't allow him to uh, to, to, to witness, let alone uh, perpetrate himself. And I think, I think, I love Finn. I think that's a that's a character who shows real bravery. He's yes. not he's not just a guy who's dreaming of adventure. He's a guy who's saying. Everything I know, everything I've been trained to do, is wrong, and I'm going to risk everything to save this guy, this guy Poe Dameron. Who I don't know, and um, and maybe get killed doing it. But I'm I'm out. I'm changing, and that's an inspiring narrative for anybody. Uh, yeah. I, everything I know, I'm leaving and I'm changing. That's pretty bold. Yeah. So I'm I'm looking forward. I, again, we have to remember these these films. They move they have to move forward, they have to move quickly. We're not gonna get we're not gonna get a pause where we have a 30 minute interlude where we learn all about <laughs> Finn's origin. Yeah. But I think if we get a sample of where he came from or who he might have been, you know, destiny, fate, your own biology and your connections to other people, who you came from, your origin is all a big part of Star Wars. Partly because it's a contrast. If you think about how often characters in Star Wars are the exact opposite of their parents, hmm. Luke Skywalker and Leia, yeah. very different from Darth Vader, very different from Anakin Skywalker, chose a very different way. Ben Solo also yeah. chose a different way, and um, it's it's not always that you have good. You're raised by good parents, and you turn out right. Sometimes you're raised by no parents at all or you have terrible parents and you you turn out to be good. Sometimes you have good parents and turn out to be bad. I think it's um it's there are a lot of forces that work on a human being and and direct them. Mm. And uh, I think it's a fascinating thing. So, yeah, uh, uh, that's one of the things we discussed in today's story. And he also said, you know, uh, hey, you're going to learn a lot about it, a lot of different characters. You're going to get a little more insight into maybe Poe Dameron too, which I think is
0: kind of cool. Do you think that the um this is there. There's a recognition, or or maybe a purpose behind this approach to Rise of Skywalker. Because we've seen a lot of the when we've seen JJ going on the the morning shows and some of these things that the some of the talking points really do seem to be pointing to. This is wrapping up nine films. Do you get a sense of what that means when it comes to these characters? Do you, do you think this is about maybe connecting um, Poe, Ray, Finn to the larger Skywalker films in ways that they maybe haven't been yet i mean i think ray's probably the closest to that but uh do you do you get that sense i think it's possible
1: i think you know we might find that um finn has a comes from people who we've never seen or heard from before it's also possible that um maybe he has ties back to somebody else you know he always joked that that his Sam Jackson always said that he, he was his son, you know, <laughs> uh, Mace Windu's uh, son. I don't think that timeline quite matches up, but um, uh, I think it's all kind of interesting. Uh, you don't want Star Wars to become too insular, you know? Yeah, And I think that's one reason, if I were to guess, that they're talking about this being a conclusion of sorts. It's not the last Star Wars movie. But I think they realize we can't keep telling the same stories about the same family, that we're drawing a series of concentric circles, and instead of radiating outward, they're radiating inward. But there is a yearning for some sort of closure and connection to all that, to tie a bow around this trilogy of films. There's nice symmetry there, three, three, and three, uh, playing out over the course of half a century. And I uh, I think that's... What audiences are craving is a little bit of that connection.
0: Yeah, no, I, I think so, and it's a it's a challenge. Like it's the biggest challenge of this of this uh, saga, really. It's uh it's it's no small um, feat for for JJ to take on, and I think um, it'll be really interesting to see how that unfolds, especially with a lot of the stuff with um with Carrie Fisher um and how they connect Leia um through the rest of the film, because that seems to be something that really is at the center of this film of how they how they sparingly because they just don't have the opportunity make her short appearances impactful and I really think that's that's the greatest opportunity if you were talking about like tying a bow around um, kind of wrapping up this whole Skywalker saga as I say I think putting Leia at the center of that is is almost non negotiable.
1: I agree. Yeah, I think, yeah i'm glad that they're able to use her and i hope it's as satisfying as he promises
0: yes well so um anthony thank you so much for coming out tell everybody where they can find you online and of course uh you this is not the only one you have a whole series of pieces coming out this week uh, tell people where they can find all of your awesome content related to star wars
1: well i'm on twitter at bresnikan that's b-r-e-z-n-i-c-a-n i'm uh Writing for Vanity Fair, I'm a special correspondent there, covering film for them. So you can find all my coverage there at VanityFair.com. This first story, as we discussed here at length, was the uh, that Finn's backstory will be part of, uh, partly what's r- revealed in the Rise of Skywalker tomorrow on Tuesday. Uh, I have JJ talking about uh, something I know will be interesting to Raylo fans, oh. and that's the the connection uh, between. Ray and Kylo and again I'm not going to be spoiling anything that's in the movie but I know people are interested in that and and he shares his thoughts about why he thinks there's a powerful connection between them again not a plot thing but just personality wise how two characters like Mm, them could impact and influence each other so uh you know hopefully people will enjoy that story too and then a little more to come
0: Awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll be in touch. we'll We'll be talking about these probably throughout the week as as they drop.
1: Well, I want to add one last thing here mm-hmm.
0: if I could,
1: absolutely I think, is that um a few months ago, I ran into you and your friends and your sister at uh, at Disneyland. Do you yes remember indeed this? I do. <laughs> it just happened to be a coincidence. I was there with my family. They had not gone. I have two little kids, and my wife and them had not been to Galaxy's Edge yet. That was our and first it, trip. It had just opened and we didn't actually even have tickets to get in. You had to have a special reservation at that point. We were just at Disneyland, just to go to Disneyland. But I, uh, I was really happy to see you guys. You were so nice to me. And it came, uh, it was just a couple of weeks after I lost my job at Entertainment Weekly and I got laid off there. And I wasn't sure what was gonna happen at this at that point, whether I would be back covering Star Wars or uh, where, whether I would stay in journalism uh and you all were so nice to me and it was so reassuring to know that even though i wasn't on the beat of ew anymore that you still you know saw me as a friend and that meant a lot to me And i think you guys are really awesome and thank you so much for your kindness over the years and you know directing fans to my work and uh uh, I, i just want you to know that means a lot to me and Aww. I'm really glad to be back on the ride at Vanity Fair, which is an awesome place to be. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, they uh, they certainly have their own legacy with Star Wars. And uh, I'm happy to be a part of that, too. So I just wanted to give you a little shout out there Aww. and say thanks.
0: Thanks. Uh, thanks, man. I really appreciate that. No, I, I, I listen. The I've been in and around star wars fandom for a long time and as much as we sometimes talk about the the shortcomings i've built some of the best friendships of my life and i I absolutely love all this it's it's exciting listen i i love this time because you know in the lead up to a movie we just get to all share in the excitement and and um and the discussion that that comes it's it's almost the anticipation is uh almost not quite almost as fun as the uh the reaction afterwards so dude i i appreciate it as always and we will definitely be staying in touch
1: well, uh, yeah, I, I, that's one of the things I like best about it, too, is uh, making new friends like you. Or, I mean, relatively new friends. We've known each other a couple of years now. But um, uh, I've made so many new friends covering Star Wars these past few years. But also, yeah, I made my best friends when I was five years old yeah. through The Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. and getting, <laughs> getting to know the other kids in my neighborhood through our shared love of, of uh, Star Wars and Han and Chewie. So. Uh, I think that's the wonderful thing about Star Wars is that it really does unite people and bring us all together and have something fun to share.
0: That it does. That it does. All right. Anthony Bresnikan, we'll have um, the links to everything we talked about in the notes, but uh, we'll be in touch, man. All right, you take care. All right, talk soon. Bye-bye. And that's the one and only Anthony Bresnikan. No, that's so sweet. Uh, Anthony's a great guy. I, I still remember seeing him for the first time at the star celebration at the main event for the force awakens hosting it and uh since then he's always been such an awesome dude and good friend um but you know what we've got a little bit more to talk about here in just one moment
2: this is the star wars report podcast that's two
0: you owe me jr hey it is the Star Wars Report. And today, let me tell you guys, we are brought to you by the fine folks, the Fan Dummies Podcast. That's right, the Fan Dummies Podcast airing twice weekly every Monday and Thursday. Uh, they're focusing on Marvel, Star Trek, Star Wars, and The Walking Dead, DC Comics, all of nerddom. They are covering it at the Fan Dummies Podcast. Now, If you are uh, interested in Supernatural, Dark Crystal, Stranger Things, any of these, they have episodes on all of them. And uh, coming up, if you're a Trekkie, they have a, a new series coming up called Preparing for Picard, based on the new Picard series coming to CBS All Access. And they have a crash course in Stargate. So all kinds of sci-fi and fantasy content that they cover at the Fan Dummies podcast, having a great time doing it. And for you guys who are Star Wars fans, of course, they're talking all things Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker as we count down the days. It's literally days until the Rise of Skywalker. And while you're doing it with us here at the Star Wars Report, make sure you're also doing it with the Fan Dummies podcast. FanDummies.com, FanDummies.com. And we do thank Fan Dummies for supporting the Star Wars Report podcast guys there's a tv spot there's a bunch of tv spots there's too many tv spots i can't keep up with them even three times a week um we'll have a link to these because they are a little visual but i wanted to talk about this one called celebrate let's take a listen here we've
2: passed on all we know okay. a thousand generations live you know. but this is your final year. on december 20th the saga, saga will end. Hold on! Let the final battle begin. Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Get tickets now. Get. A thousand generations.
0: So in this line, a thousand generations live in you now. We've heard it before. But we see, this is our first shot of Leia in one of the cutscenes that has been re-edited. She's standing in the jungle planet that kind of looks like Rey in the in the opening of the most la- of the last trailer. But she's holding um Luke Skywalker's lightsaber in her hand right as we hear the voice of Luke saying
2: "A thousand generations live in you now."
0: Again, that passing of the torch is now visually represented by Leia, which is exactly consistent with what I talked about Um, in one of our Patreon Rogue transmissions about how they're using Leia's theme in a lot of these TV spots and trailers and um, and kind of musically alluding to Leia's connection to Rey. But like literally right here, we're seeing her passing the physical torch, the lightsaber. She's holding it as Luke's saying, A Thousand Generations Live in You Now. Um, And and I love it. I love all of it. There's all the other shots, nothing new um, in the trailer Except for a little bit of new Emperor dialogue.
2: The saga...
0: Is that this one? I, I think so. Will end. Hold on.
2: Let the final battle... ...begin. Let the final battle... <sighs>
0: ...begin. That's how it goes. Um, yeah, you know, just again, the saga will end, let the final battle begin. This is the their... They're not holding back. It's the last, the one last time. We have another TV spot, guys. Let's take a listen.
2: They fly now. They fly now.
0: They're back on this fly now thing. I didn't realize when I first broke down this um this uh this little clip that aired on I think it was Good Morning America or Jimmy found one of the things last week, and it was I didn't realize how much of a a thing it would be. Like, there people don't like this. At least there's there's people on Twitter who don't like this. There's the, but there are people who don't like the they fly because there have been allow me to push my glasses up. There um actually there have been uh, jetpacks represented in the first order before in the Poe Dameron, Poe Dameron issue one comic book. <clears throat> guys just relax just 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 relax. It's freaking first order troopers launching on jetpacks via catapult speeders it makes perfect sense all right just 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 don't question it just 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 go with it confronting fear
2: it's the destiny of a Jedi your destiny it's okay that we're here it's okay that you're here it's good
0: does she do that to us
2: Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker.
0: (laughs) Again, similar footage, same kind of titles. The saga will end, but we get this little new moment.
2: It's okay that we're here.
0: It's okay that you're here. (laughs) It's her using the old Jedi mind trick. Running down uh, what literally looks like the hallways on a Star Destroyer or a Death Star. It's Rey, Finn, and Poe on an adventure together. She's got her Jakku staff and she's doing the come here my little friend uh well not that way what's the what's the quote what is the you don't need to see his identification hey okay that we're here it's okay that we're here it's okay that you're here it's good uh what's funny is one trooper saying is that it's good i think it's what he's saying it's okay that you're here it's good i think it's yeah it's okay that you're here yeah it's good the other troopers just kind of nodding a little bit you know i like a little bit of humor it's, there's been a lot of big epic wow tv spots it's a lot it's a lot of it's a lot of synthesized percussion in the aldi listen to right here on december 20th <laughs> you got on <laughs> december 20th and you also have it's
2: the destiny of a jedi your destiny
0: <laughs> anyway uh that's the tv spots guys <laughs> oh god oh, lord have mercy oh gosh um it's been it's been kind of it's been slightly slightly crazy hey guys quick shout out um actually I, I i don't know why i used the end music that that sounds seems like you thought the show was about to end but it's not we need a we need a better one we need um let's see if we can get a better transition because we have one more segment that's right the um we have the re- the return of the 3po saga It's funny how it's become a centerpiece of the conversation on this podcast. (laughs) Eh, C3PO. But before we do that, I also want to do a quick shout out and uh, thank you to our second sponsor. Just a super quick shout out. If you guys like audiobooks, you got to check out Audible. AudibleTrial.com slash Star Wars Report. You can snag yourself a free Star Wars audiobook, uh, including Resistance Reborn. It uh, builds up and sets up some of the background leading into The Rise of Skywalker And uh, just a whole bunch, all the the new Thrawn books, um, a whole lot of the classic EU books are all available at audible.com. You can get a free 30-day membership, which is also a free audiobook. You can keep it. You can cancel your subscription and keep the audiobook. If you like it, which I know you will, you can keep your subscription at Audible. It helps out the podcast here. Check them out, audibletrial.com slash starwarsreport. That's audibletrial.com slash starwarsreport. Now, we've got an email um, uh, in the continuing sagas, we've talked about, three PO's role It's from Clayton, and he says, "As a child of the '70s, I grew up um, in the original trilogy. I find the consternation over what is earned between characters perplexing. These original, the original films, uh, technically only span a time period of four years. The friendships are forged fast through the adventures that they are on. The audience." Im- imbued those movies with deeper contextual meaning by re watching, reenacting, fictionalizing these relationships between characters. Action figures, comic books, novels, just pure speculation, that gave these characters that barely spoke in the original films deep historical biographies. Um, ostensibly, 3PO has spent just as much time working with Poe, Ray, etc., possibly longer with, uh, with others. Um, I just don't understand why we examine the worthiness, the, quote, worthiness of the New Trilogy's relationships when they employ basically the same tactics as others. Great podcast, keep up the work from Clayton. Well, Clayton, thanks. I actually lean more towards you because I I think it's problematic when you approach... And this is, I think, the important thing to recognize going into The Rise of Skywalker. It's okay if you don't like this movie. But we're all going to have more fun if you approach this movie... As if it doesn't have to prove something to you. If you let go a lot of the expectations, you might still not like it, it and it may still it may fully carry on the thread of the last Jedi that you absolutely hate. Like it, uh, make Luke ev- an even bigger idiot who's even grumpier. Um, you know, it you could li- all of that could be true, but if you go into the movie expecting that, it's just going to fulfill those expectations even worse. And, and I think that's – that's Clayton, this is kind of what you're touching on is that you can – if you approach the original trilogy going into these movies for the first time with the same level of scru- scrutiny and the same level of um, <laughs> grumpiness that has, has happened with The Last Jedi and, and now Rise of Skywalker, it, they would fall apart too. Because that is what really, I think, has made – Are the characters incredible? Is there a remarkable chemistry? Do they have an amazing history on screen? Yes. Through the original trilogy, that is the case. Has that been a shortcoming so far in the sequel trilogy? I think the answer is also yes. However, that doesn't mean there isn't a chance to have a proving ground that really establishes a friendship and connection between these characters because they're already, C-3PO and Chewbacca, for example, are already very closely connected to all the original trilogy characters in in a way that that especially ray is as well and and ray's connection and friendship with luke um and training by luke in the last jedi um it, it positions her as 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 able to connect with say c3po and his friendship with luke and r2d2 and his friendship with luke i still think in the last jedi one of the most sort of um sweetest moments is is the sort of little banter between r2d2 and luke skywalker and and it's that moment that luke skywalker <clears throat> quick reminder everybody changes his mind about training ray and offers his three lessons of which we only see two but you know i just i'm saying all i'm saying is give it a chance just it's all i'm just give it a, just a little little bit of a chance Alright, I'm wrapping up the episode, guys. Clayton, thanks for emailing. Hey, you can email us like Clayton did, Star at gmail.com. Join the conversation. Um and and, and 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 sound off. Is is it is there something to prove here? Is is there a worthiness of relationships that needs to be established in, in the rise of Skywalker? Or is is there um am I off base? Uh, email me. I'm, I'm I'm really interested to continue the discussion and you can do so at uh at gmail.com. Of course, social media, Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. <laughs> this is what happens when i, I had the cue on the wrong button <laughs> facebook.com slash report and of course twitter.com slash report you can follow me on twitter at the riley guy and of course instagram's my favorite spot at the riley guy as well you can follow me there um and stay in touch between shows a great way to do that and and i've i've Stick around, guys. I know these, these plugs at the end. Blah, blah blah blah. I've heard all this before. There are three more important things that, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to help us out, there are three things that are really important to do. One, uh, leave a rating and review on iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Um, it's always nice to not. <laughs> it's nice to not have mean one stars. It's nice to not have mean one stars, especially when they're directed at my buddy Bruce, who's helping. Uh, when he's trying to do the show and doing it last minute. This happens all the time where we do a show and it's last minute because I'm not able to do it. There's, we're not able to do the prep and in our dedication, we produce a show last minute and it may not be exactly the normal format and then people are mean and leave. mean. Anyway, leave us nice ratings and reviews. We appreciate it. Um, uh, it's on iTunes or the Apple Podcasts app. Uh, we we do appreciate it. Number two, uh, Survey. Uh, want to make some changes to the podcast in the new year and now's the time to sound off and let us know what you want to see in the podcast and you can do that really easily at starwarsreport.com slash survey links you to a really easy 10 question google form that you can fill out and um, number three there was a number three. Oh yes and of course uh, join us and support the podcast directly at patreon.com slash starwarsreport we're releasing new bonus content every week as a part of our rogue transmissions Uh, We're talking Rise of Resistance, and the Rise of Resistance opening that's happening this week, Um, and that's for this week's edition of Rogue Transmissions, and a big shout out to every one of you guys who've been jumping on at Patreon, really making a a difference financially uh, by supporting the show and allowing us to pay for all the hosting, the equipment, uh, upgrades, all um, all of the fees associated with it, all the money goes directly into the podcast. Uh, and you can help support that in our continuing efforts at patreon.com slash star report big shout out to matthew and glazos our most recent patron thanks for jumping on man uh, we do appreciate it again patreon.com slash star report so there we go that's our final three plugs thank you for uh, sticking around guys and thank you for listening to the star wars report podcast let me just say may the force be with you and many bothans died to bring you this podcast Jacob Fett, why don't you take it it out? Please, thank you. All right, there we go. Georgia,
2: Georgia, no peace I find, it's just an old sweet song, keeps Georgia on my mind. That's Django Fett, Tim Witter Morrison, signing off with a little Georgia.